You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to another episode of the Collaborative Warriors Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to our podcast. You can do that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix. And of course, check out goldenstateofmind.com. We'll have you covered for the big matchup between the Lakers and Warriors in the first round of the play-in tournament, and also all the instant reaction. Joining me for this one, happy to have on with me, former NBA head coach and current ESPN analyst. He'll be calling the game tonight that tips off on ESPN at 7 Pacific, Jeff Van Gundy. First question for you, Jeff. When you're when you're looking at this game tonight, I mean, it's a it's a ratings win for the NBA. You got the Lakers. You got Steph Curry, LeBron James. When, when you're looking at this from a Warriors perspective, they've been playing some of their best ball of the season coming into the playoffs. Why do you think they've been able to turn it around and, and kind of put themselves in a position where, all right, this isn't just going to be like a, a, a pushover for the Lakers. Uh, the Warriors are going to be able to put up a fight. Well, I think the Lakers will win, and and pretty convincingly, but I think their chance has been they play outstanding defense, and Steph Curry has been otherworldly offensively, and and I think they've gotten better contributions than many have given credit uh, for to Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins, when he's the third best player, next year he'll be their fourth best player, it's, it's right in the in the correct slot for him to achieve to his highest level. So I think their defense Curry's great, great offense. And then Wiggins is going to have to have uh, a game that really supports Curry. Uh, I think he's going to have to get north of 25 points. When you're looking at, at, at how the dubs, you mentioned the defense and, and they've been going a lot with Draymond at the five to close things out with, with Kevon Looney getting the start usually. But when you're looking at the, the size discrepancy, obviously the Lakers have Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, Marcus Gasol. If you were Steve Kerr, how are you going to counter that as a coach in this game? Oh, I would think very heavily about not starting Looney um, and playing uh, Draymond Green as my starter at center so that Drummond has to guard him. And now I can put... Curry in actions with Green where Drummond has to guard. I'm going to get outsized at every position if I'm Golden State. I'd rather match Looney's minutes up um, with Marc Gasol than with Drummond. Uh, I think Drummond, they can try to expose at the defensive end of the floor. And if he has to guard, if he can guard Looney for 17 to 20-some minutes, I think it gives... LA a, a bit of an advantage so um, the size is the size advantage is real at every position uh, for LA that's why I think one of the reasons why I think they'll win convincingly but if I was Steve Kerr I would think about um, getting Looney's minutes with the second unit as much as possible 
turning to the Lakers and, and putting your coaching hat on once again, if you're looking at, at, at Frank Vogel and, and the situation, I mean, I think he's done a great job. I, I love what he did with the team last season in the bubble in terms of uh, not being stuck on a rotation. I mean, we saw him go with Dwight, uh, JaVale McGee, depending on the matchup, and sometimes Anthony Davis at the five. When, you, when, you're, when you're looking at, at this and, and not having his guys together, playing a ton in terms of the injuries with AD and LeBron and obviously bringing in Drummond recently, what is a concern? What would be your number one concern if, if you were coaching the Lakers going into this game? Well, I think it's still based around, um, you know, do we have enough shooting around uh, our two best players? Um, obviously their health would be number one, then the shooting. And then because like you mentioned, they have, I think their center position is weaker this year than it was last year. Um, and so who are we going to play? Um, you know, do I play Harold? You know, is it Gasol? They're pretty committed. It seems to Drummond as their starter. Um, but how do I, how do I take advantage of those guys, others talents? And it seems like, like Harold has been reduced in his role. And that may be a defensive concern. I'm not sure, but it'll, I, I'm really interested to watch how that plays out. And do they go back to playing Anthony Davis some at the five, which you mentioned before they did last year in small doses, but it was effective. When, when you're going tur- turning back to the Warriors and, and looking at, at Steve Kerr, and I, I think he's one of the top five coaches in the league, but when you're, when you're looking at some of the adjustments they've had to make, and I know Jordan Poole's come along really well since, since he got called up from the G League. When you're, when you're looking at this, you had mentioned Andrew Wiggins. You're, you're looking at him as a guy who you're hoping scores you know, 25 tonight if, you, if you're going to try and get a win. But when you're, when you're looking at, the, at schematically – would you want to go zone against the Lakers at this point? That they're in the bottom third in terms of three-point percentage, or is that something that you don't want to mess with at this point? Well, I think last year uh, Miami, who was very effective in their zone throughout last season and the playoffs, it was it got shredded by the Lakers, and the reason is the Lakers did a great job of getting the ball into the middle to either Davis or James, and then you know you're just at the mercy of their greatness. You know, if James gets it in the middle, he can attack and score. He throws lobs to Davis or Drummond, and then he can kick it out for wide open shots. So I don't think you'll see zone unless it's a, um, you know, late clock situation coming out of a timeout, maybe in a one possession type of situation or out of desperation. I, I think the Warriors, their foundation has been terrific man to man defense. And it's been keyed by Draymond Green, their experience, uh, and their knowledge. If they let's just hypothetically say Clay Thompson was was healthy this season, do you think the Warriors would have been a legit championship contender? Well, yeah, I, I think you'd have to say they would have most likely been in the top, you know, six. I would say, you know, maybe even, you know, top four. It's hard to say, but I I think they'd be in the mix, certainly. Um, I I just think the Clippers right now have 
the most talent in the West uh, by a substantial amount. And in the East, I think, you know, Brooklyn obviously has the most talent with terrific complementary players. So if you're to beat a more talented team, you're going to have to guard, which the Warriors do, and then you'd have this tremendous three-point shooting attack with Thompson and Curry. So, yeah, you'd have to say, listen, if they're healthy and in their prime, um, when you put those two guys on the floor, they've already proven they can win a championship. Turning our attention to Steph Curry, uh, 33 years old, oldest player to, to win a scoring title since Michael Jordan did it back in 97-98 in at the age of 35, dropped you know, 32 points a game. When you watch him and, and, and have seen him come along, you know, since he entered the league, what makes him so great and what makes him so unguardable? Because it's like, you know, he's going to chuck, chuck up that three point shot, but nobody's able to stop him. Just your thoughts on Steph Curry overall and, and what your thoughts on the season that he had this year. Well, he had a remarkable season. He's as valuable to his team as any player uh, is to their own individual team. Whether he wins a most valuable player or not, I don't know. But he certainly there's no more valuable player in this league than Curry is to the Warriors. I think two things um, stand out to me, or three things. His conditioning uh, is at th- the highest level. And then his willingness to move without the ball, uh, which very few players want to do now. They want the ball brought to them where the defense can – you know, really concentrate and focus in. Curry's willing, due to his conditioning and his movement, that he can move away from the ball, which it makes it harder to focus on him. And then third, it's just the incredible skill level. It's not just his shooting. His handle is incredible. His finishing ability is underrated. Uh, I think his overall toughness uh, is not appreciated like it should be. You know, he takes hits. Uh, I think defensively he's better. He's a terrific guard rebounder. I mean, it's people focus on the shooting and the depth of his shots and the audacity of his shots, and those things are undeniable. But he's got so much more uh, at the highest level in the NBA, and it makes him, uh, to me, the toughest cover in the league. Jeff, looking back at this, because I, you know, I grew up watching basketball in the '90s. Uh, you know, with when you were coaching the Knicks, obviously MJ was was the guy back then. Just looking at how the games change over the last 20, 25 years, especially when it, when it comes to like you know positionless basketball almost, and and we're going with uh, lots of spacing, lots of shooting. You know, three point uh, attempts are at a premium now. If you're looking at the game and historically back at it, like let's just say a guy like Shaq comes along again. I know that they don't grow on trees, and I'm not saying that's going to be easy, but somebody who's, who's a seven foot one, seven foot two, not necessarily um, athletic and, and, and rangy enough to be on the outside, but just dominant on the block. Do you think we would see the game turning back to the way it was in the 90s where every possession mattered? I mean, you know, the Warriors were up 14, 16 on, on Memphis on last Sunday, and you still didn't feel safe, whereas in 1995, 96... If your team's up by 14, 15 going into the fourth, you're feeling pretty good about your chances. Do you think the game would ever try to go, maybe go back to the way we saw it played, or is this going to be something that we see going forward and, and the trend for a long time here? I think it all depends on uh, the rules of the game and how the game's officiated. If 
they move the three-point line or, you know, take away the corner three or, you know, make some adjustment to the rules, then I think, or how the game's officiated, where you can play with a little bit more contact on the perimeter. Um, I I think that's, to me, the overlooked aspect of the greatness of Jordan. Like, Jordan, he averaged, like you said, 32, I think you said, at age 35, with – not a lot of three-point shooting on the floor. Contact that today would be criminalized that he had to play through and against. And he still was this, like, uber-efficient offensive player. And so I just think, like, the game has – everything about the game is tilted toward the offensive team's advantage and the offensive players. Back then in the 90s, the game was tilted toward – the advantage was – for the defense and the defensive team. And so it's just changed. And I I don't think it's going to go back. I I think what I would like to see is a little bit more balance between the game, a little, not never go back to the nineties level of contact, but a little bit more contact, Um, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know about everybody. Everybody views the game differently. I find, uh, the three point shot now and, every team playing basically a similar style. I think it's big. It's, it's the skill level is like incredible, but I think the preponderance of three point shots is a little bit boring at times. Yeah. I'm with you on that because when I'm, when I was watching, you know, the, the last dance came out last summer and, and watching that. And it's like every single time that shot clock is at four, three, two, and it made every possession feel, feel so much bigger. Uh, last couple of questions for you. What, what do you think we're going to see from the Lakers in terms of guarding Steph Curry tonight? Do you think we'll see them maybe try and look at trapping right away, getting the ball out of his hands, doing something funky like a box in one? How do you think the Lakers are going to approach guarding him? I just think they'll guard him by how they normally guard, right? I think they had good success this year in the regular season. I think their defense is, is you know, uh, statistically the best in the league. So I, I don't think you'll see major changes to start the game. I think... Within a game, if he gets going, they, they probably have uh, in their mind what they want to do secondarily. Um, but I think you can overreact to him, too, and open up too much for other people. Um, and I think teams that play against the Warriors, they become undisciplined a lot of times, overreacting to Curry. And so now Curry still gets 30 to 35, and you give up a ton of things and a ton of good looks to other players. So I think that's the thing that uh, where Curry's greatness, I think, is underreported, is just how how much an impact his greatness serves the other players on his team to give them incredible opportunities. All right, Jeff, final one for you. I know you mentioned you, you're taking the Lakers in, in the play-in game against the Warriors, but your finals prediction, and who do you think comes out as the NBA champion this season? Um, Clippers and Nets in the finals and, uh, the Nets, I think the Nets have by far the best roster in the league. And I think Steve Nash has done a really good job with them. I think Sean Marks, the, the job he's done with the complimentary pieces to the three guys that are home run hitters has not been talked about enough. I think, uh, their roster is the best. I think the Clippers are a close second, um, and that's who I think will be in the finals. 
All right. Well, that, that'll do it, Jeff. Thanks a lot for taking the time out to do this and enjoy the game tonight. Okay. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. All right. That's ESPN's Jeff Van Gundy. Don't forget the Warriors taking on the Lakers on ESPN. You can catch that one at seven tonight. Jeff, of course, will be with his usual partners, Mark Jackson, Mike Breen. Looking forward to it. LeBron, Steph Curry, Lakers, Warriors. It's going to be awesome to watch. Don't forget, before we wrap things up, subscribe to the Collaborative Warriors podcast. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix. And, of course, check us out at goldenstateofmind.com.